0: Welcome back to another episode of Shot and Chop. I am your host, Josh Cannon, and today we are about to chop it up. What's up, everybody, and welcome back once again to another episode of Shot and Chop, the podcast for photographers, models, anybody within the creative space. So I'm not going to wait too much time, but I want you all to really understand and know that this is a very special guest that I'm about to bring on. I say this a lot, but this is truly a special guest because without this person, there would be no Candid Productions. I just want you all to know that. So without further ado, I would love to introduce my mentor, Sam Garvin with Blue Box Digital Media. How's it going?
1: Hey, how you doing, brother? Oh, my God, that was, that was, that was overwhelming. (laughs) (laughs) I
0: had, I had to give you a flowers, man, where it was due because I owe so much to you. And the fact that you're on my podcast, I love it so much.
1: Thank you. Thank you. Uh, no, I appreciate you. Like, you know, uh, my goal has always been to see you surpass me. And in many ways, uh, you just, you absolutely have just, yeah, um, I'm thankful and, and I'm proud to be a part of this right now.
0: Oh, thank you so much. I definitely have not surpassed you because we just had a conversation like literally two hours ago. And you yeah. were saying stuff that I didn't even know what you was talking about. So <laughs> I still have a lot to learn and I will definitely say that and accept that.
1: Okay. Yeah. That well, okay. I I get that. Yeah, I get yeah. That.
0: Yeah, that's fair. The the student has not surpassed the master just yet. But he's
1: close. He's okay. getting close. Okay, I feel cool. like I, I feel the hairs raising on my back. It's I'm, I'm getting Spidey sense. Like, you know, he's just a little too close.
0: Oh, oh, well that's good. I got you. Got you kicking in. Got the heat going.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, like I can smell that axe spray that you put on. That's how that's how close you are.
0: I have not worn axe spray since sixth grade in middle school. <laughs> but that is okay. All right, man. Let's um let's go ahead and start this conversation off. So we already sure. did the soft introductions. Um tell the people a little bit more about yourself, anything you want to say, um, where you're located, what you shoot, what it is that makes you you.
1: Sure uh hey uh ladies and gentlemen uh my name is sam garvin of blue box digital media and photography um i am a native washingtonian and uh i've been shooting over 20 years um started shooting uh just casually in the early 90s um shooting shooting film um you know now i shoot with the sony uh, uh a7r3a um and i do everything from portraits headshots boudoir woodland landscape street you name it i do everything
0: right so with experience you dabble a little bit on everything So as you all heard here, it is okay to shoot more than one genre of photography, especially if you want to succeed as a photographer, as a full-time endeavor, right?
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely, because you need to be able to switch it up quite often. And even then, there are times where even I feel like I don't, do enough or I don't know enough or I haven't mastered a particular area as well as I could so that I can so that I could increase you know my presence in that space
0: right right and that's so crazy it's because it's like you me and you are so much alike and I think that's why we ended up clicking so well because at this point we've known each other for going on three f- since I started photography so that makes it four or five four years, years. four years yeah
1: Four years. No, this is 2023. We're going into year five, I think.
0: Yep, you're right. It's year five. That's crazy. And like I I said in the beginning, man, I owe so much to you. And like I'm constantly still learning so much from you. And I tell so many people about you, like the people that I teach, the people that I hang out with. And like it's it's a testament that, you know, you can always learn something from somebody. And like you told me in the very beginning, um, you always reach back to help somebody else the same way that you did.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah exactly in fact that was a rule i wasn't going to teach you unless you agreed to that it was in the contract
0: uh, yeah and and I've, it's happened like i think it's safe to say my hand is somewhere in a little bit of um a lot of stuff in richmond so like you know I've, I've touched a lot of different people a lot of different projects a lot of different things and i love it that's that's one thing i do love about the photography community
1: mm-hmm. um i i think a large part of photography um is about sharing. You're sharing experiences. You're you're sharing uh, people's lives. You you need to take it extraordinarily seriously because long after they forget, you know, uh, Josh or Sam, um, those images are still going to be sitting on walls or mantles or on the side of a piano or in somebody's wallet. 20, 30, 40, 50 years later. Yeah. And the impact that the stuff that you shoot, you don't see it until much, much later, much later.
0: Right. Right. So speaking a little bit of that, I'm curious to Mm -hmm. pick your brain and see and hear you explain it. How would you describe yourself as a photographer? I know it's a very broad question, but. Like, everybody I think can describe themselves oh, differently no if no they... no
1: it's not you um I'm... because I'm an artist first and a photographer second I like that I'm a I'm a creator I'm a creator first and a photographer second the my camera is my camera just happens to be the tool that I use uh in order to paint. And uh, the world just happens to be my canvas. So uh, if you if in a a broad sense, um, I'm really just trying to pull out the the best of the world, the most interesting uh, things about either a person or about a a scene, you know, the things that intrigue me most about what it is that i'm pointing my camera at you know at, at, at that moment
0: i love that And that, that's how i feel too because once again something else that we have in common you're a photographer and a musician as well yeah and i'm a photographer mm-hmm. and a musician as well so it's like <laughs> i'm an artist and i i say that all the time because yeah it doesn't matter if i'm doing photography it doesn't matter if i'm doing videography or doing music like Literally, my line brother just texted me right now asking about doing a gig. So, like, boom, like playing music, right. like it's still something that I'm doing. <laughs> Literally, the instruments were right here, my baritone, my baritone's right there. So, like, it's a form of expression, art, music, photography, all of, is, all of that is all also a part of who I am too. So, I really love that description of how you describe yourself as a photographer.
1: It can be difficult too, um, because a lot of people because they only see the end result the majority of the time and they don't get to see what goes into it, how much of your, your mind you're pouring into it, how much of your heart you're pouring into it, the hours that you dedicate to it, they, they don't really see it. So, you know, it's a little different. Uh, it, it, in fact, Uh, I really feel like I need to do more to let people kind of see how I lead up, you know, how things lead up to something that I've created so that they'll have a better sense of like, wow. I I tell people about my art pieces uh, that I do like, you know, once a year. And when I tell people, Oh, it took three months or four months or six months to complete that. They're like, really? How? Wow. Wait a minute. Like, yeah. Like someone had to paint that. And then I had to paint that on that person, you know, digitally, Right. you know, uh I had to shoot them. There was a whole process. There was a, there, there were a bunch of things that, that took shape, that took place that to make it happen. Um, so I, I think when we, when we think of ourselves as artists, we have to make sure that in some way we remind the public of just exactly how important um, our work is, how much we put into it.
0: Mm-hmm. And I think that is a good point that you mentioned, showing people more of everything that goes into photography, because I feel like photography is left out of that that you know trifecta of art, because when you look at somebody's art that they painted, People know that they that might have taken them two, three months to do. When you look at somebody's song that they've composed, they know that that might have taken them a long time. But then for some reason, when it comes to photography, they just think we just boop, push a button and then that's it. And there's nothing else yeah. left, to it, left to it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, one of the reasons why I have not done it as often as I probably should is because I also think about how some of my models might feel when the public see what we started with versus what we finished with. And many times there's a, a a large gap
0: between those two spaces. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) Especially when you're doing what you're doing, like, when you first showed me that picture that you did where you said like you were saying it was a couple years ago at this point where you painted on the uh the model and like you showed me that it was a picture my mind was blown it's still blown to this day Yeah <laughs>
1: <laughs> Yeah um I think now like the the woodland stuff that I just shot recently this week um I was in 30 something degree weather hiking through the woods soaking wet you know of course thank goodness i'm i'm shooting with a sony because you know
0: yeah say say that one more time you're shooting with uh
1: with a sony exactly exactly Just yeah people yeah listen. you know so so it was like it, it, it was like nothing you know <laughs> um I mean, keep in mind, you know, just, you know, you other photographers out there, don't go crazy and go out in the rain with your camera because you'll just you'll be mad and come back with it broke. Okay, Um, my lens is weather sealed. My camera is weather sealed. Don't 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 just go out there and think that you can be all National Geographic with your shit. Don't 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 do that.
0: (laughs) There's a reason why they say Sony is king. And I know when this episode drops, I'm going to get some calls. And people are going to be like, hey, bro, what you mean? I'm like, hey, yeah, I mean, it
1: speaks for itself. Hey, I'm just saying. Right, right, right. I'm saying, like, you know, for uh, you, you Nikon people, like, you're Nikon <laughs> on the outside, but on the inside, you're Sony.
0: Yeah, yeah. If I could shoot with any other camera, it would probably be Nikon, but it still would be Sony.
1: Right. <laughs> because, uh, yeah, I believe their senses are Sony.
0: Yeah, that's that's true. They do share sensors and stuff like that's why Mm -hmm. it's like like even if I did pick up a Nikon camera where I have done a couple of times, it it felt the same. Like it felt like I I had a Sony camera in my hand. It wasn't that much different. Maybe the Mm -hmm. system, but that's about it. And, you know, that all goes under the whole gear thing. Like, you know, we joke and talk about it all the time. And like, you know, you can have a whole conversation about gear and what's better, what's not better. Gear doesn't matter. Gear does matter. It's all about perspective.
1: Yeah, it's it, okay. So, he, me doing this for a really long time, let me tell y'all the truth. This is the God honest truth. This okay, area. I'm ready. I'm ready. Equipment matters only after you have obtained enough skill for it to do so. Hmm.
0: That's crazy. I say that all the time.
1: But your equipment doesn't mean. It won't mean jack shit if you don't know how to use it. In fact, uh, uh, one of the things that kind of um, kind of curve us apart from other uh, from other photographers or might want to be in the future photographers, you know, is the fact that after a while we start running into situations where we begin to feel like we're hitting the limitation of the equipment we have at that time in our career. When, when we have those growth moments, th- that's a, a testament to how we know we're getting better.
0: Right. So to, answer, to ask a question on top of that statement that you just said on top, mm-hmm. I, I totally agree with all of that, with your gear only matters once you know how to use it. Like I, I totally feel that. So mm-hmm. where somebody that's listening, where would you say a photographer um, starts when it comes to growth? Like where does a photo- start, photographer start to grow themselves? Like let's say not even
1: they. Without, uh, put the camera down and learn about art, learn about color, learn about contrast, learn about texture. Uh, Learn about how colors relate to each each other, what complementing colors are, what contrasting colors are, you know, uh, learn, learn about composition and framing. All of these things uh, are things that you need to know before you ever put your eye to the EDS. They they give you those things, give you the foundation that you need to have regardless of the equipment you use. So that's where, that's where you start. You don't need, in order to learn photography, you don't need a camera. Um, The majority of it is going to be you changing the way that you view the world. You need to be able to view the world in a more, in a more acute sense than an average person. You have to notice the texture on the wall, the lines on the pillow, the the difference in color between the foreground and the background. Um, uh, Back in the day, uh, the way painters separated the foreground from the background because they only really painted in two dimensions was the back was dark, and the front was light.
0: Right. <laughs> yeah, going back, that's why we still model after like Rembrandt lighting and all of that stuff. Right.
1: Exactly. That's yeah. absolutely correct. So, uh, yeah, those th- those fundamentals are, are what you need to get started. Um, you don't need to buy a camera um, per se. You need to... Uh, begin to understand the relationship um, that you have with light and color and contrast and texture. That's where you start.
0: Absolutely. I say that all the time because one thing I teach people or advice or whatever, however you want to call it, people will message me and say, okay, hey, what camera settings did you use? What what lighting did you use? What What did you use for that? And I'm just like, you're asking the wrong question. Because like you said, if you can't tell me how to expose your lighting, let, let's say we're outside and the clouds come and it gets dark and I give you the settings for just so happened I had a perfectly sunny day. You're not going to know what to do because you're not yeah, going exactly. to know how to adjust. Or if we're in a studio and I give you my studio formula and you want to do something artistic and creative or different. And now all of a sudden you're stuck with that same, you know, this simple F8, 125. Oh, ISO, oh, I wish I could just you know. say to somebody,
1: oh man, oh yeah, you know what? Just shoot that FA. You you could just shoot that 35 millimeter FA. You you trust me, you're good. You're straight. And no, you're you're not good. Right. You're not so that's straight. Not
0: even, that's not even factoring in focal length and all that stuff. No. So it's like it's like it's like knowing your tool belt. You know what I'm saying? Like, I can't yeah. go and use a hammer to do every single thing.
1: Right. And uh, I think that's what people are missing. But here's the thing though, bro a lot of photographers do that it they do. Irks the, it irks me it irks me um, they try to cookie cut every damn thing you know um uh, uh, a big it, I had a big issue with the use of frequency separation you know uh, because all of a sudden frequency separation became a thing you know back in early 2000 and like everybody just, you know, wanted to you you put in uh some little preset numbers, and there was this time where everybody's skin just looked like plastic. I swear to god.
0: Yeah, because they overdo it and you're gonna probably run yeah. some feathers with that because people, are, hey man, I use frequency separation, you know. But you don't
1: have to always use
0: it. That's the thing. Right, yeah. And and it. even
1: when you do use it. You don't need to use it everywhere. Exactly,
0: yeah.
1: You know, my my specific style of post-production is to create something that's imperfectly perfect. If you're looking at my work and it looks like it's been edited, I'm not doing my job. I only edit to the degree that this person could have gotten some clear and cleared that up a little bit on their skin, but, you know, or I only took a little here and there, you know, if you spent this week, you know, exercising a little bit and you kind of was able to pull it in. I do, I do the least because I want my images to uh, stay close to what that person is, you know, kind of in real life. If you see them on the street the next day, you're going to be like, oh, okay. Yeah. That, you know, that looks like her except cleaned up or maybe with some makeup on, or maybe she has been working out a little bit lately, but I'm not going to uh, have you looking like a freaking Barbie doll. And you've never been that in your entire life.
0: Yeah. And that's, I got, I got that from you within my style. Because that's how I got my name, Candid Productions, True to Image, True to yeah. Image Productions. So I shoot the same way, uh, when it, mainly when it comes to client work and a lot of my personal projects. But I want to ask on the flip side, when mm-hmm. it should, like, what is your opinion about like when you do want to do something creative for your own personal projects or your own personal artwork where you are pushing those boundaries? Like you might want something where the body is warped or you might want something where the skin is changed or like different things like that.
1: Um, uh, yeah, that's a very individual thing. Just because I do it, that doesn't mean I'm not, I'm not even suggesting that that's the best way to do it. Yeah. That's just, it's
0: it's not even a best or worst thing at that point. That's a a mm -hmm. artistic choice.
1: Yes, that's right. Yeah. You know, it's, it's like, um, happiness is a choice even under the most unhappy of circumstances. But if I played devil's advocate, people would say, oh, you're just acting fake. Mm.
0: And then that uh, goes into the statement, fake it to make it.
1: Right. Yeah, right. Yeah, so, exactly. So is it really a bad thing, you know? <laughs> right. So so this, the the same rules apply in, in photography, okay? Um, if you need to stylize. And that gets you out there, then damn stylized, man. Some people are gonna be like, oh, that's a lie. You know, that that ain't that ain't what that person looks like. And uh, someone else would be like, oh my goodness, that's dope. I've never seen any, anything so mesmerizing in my entire life. They don't view it like that. They they view it as, as something, uh, you know, th- they're viewing it from the perspective of, wow, I never looked at it that way before.
0: Right, right. And it, it's a balance between the two. Like, you can mm-hmm. shoot art true to image. You can shoot art creatively. Like, that's outside of the box. Like, you know a woman's not going to have a five-foot long neck. You know somebody's yeah. not going to have, like, a pencil-curved waist. You know somebody's yeah. skin isn't blue. But now I'm
1: thinking... That I might want to edit a woman to have a five foot long neck. Now that you, you know, kind of made that statement,
0: there you go, boom. That's I'm gonna save. <laughs> I'm gonna save. My, I have a topic for that late uh, later on in my notes that I added to that. That yeah, we're, we're gonna come back to that. But I'm glad I was able to inspire you to do that. The same way you inspired you inspired me today. We was on the phone for y'all listening. We actually had a conversation on the phone earlier. Had nothing to do with the episode, but just know mm-hmm. that I was challenged today. I have a task yes. at hand. And I will be <laughs> achieving that no matter what. It's going to take a while because it's a funny story. I'm going to share this story. So what Go really tried to, what really pushed me as a photographer, I don't know if you remember, this was a long time ago. This was like the first year that we had met. And uh-huh. I'm still living in Petersburg. So this is like three apartments ago. And I was shooting a model and used, uh, I had like a candle or something like that. Yeah, that's right. You were like, you were looking at it, and one thing I love about Sam, y'all, like Sam will keep it real. He's not gonna sugarcoat anything, and that's why he's my mentor. Like, cause I I don't, he will literally say, "Yeah, this is not good. This is not your best work." And I'll be sitting, I'll be sitting, look, I'll be sitting there. I've been editing. I'm like, yeah, he gonna love this one. He gonna love this one. And I send it to him. He's like, yeah, this ain't it. And I'm like, God. (laughs) (laughs) it <laughs> <laughs> and then i go right back to the drawing board. but guess what it's no hard feelings i don't feel in type way because i know the intent behind that and him wanting to make me a better photographer so back yeah. to the back to the story I, I was doing this photo shoot with a model and i had a candle and it was supposed to be the light source and i just knew i had created something dope and then he was like i think you should try something different i think you should go about it this way and i was just like wait what and then when you when you explained <laughs> it to me and, and told me, it really helped like open up my mind to like the possibilities. And I I went back to the drawing board, I redid yeah. it, and it was a lot better. I
1: think I even showed you an example too.
0: You did, yeah, you did. You showed okay. me um what you had did. Well, maybe that was uh, maybe my story is a little bit askew. Maybe you showed me the uh your shot first, and I had to copy it, yeah, or something yeah, like that. That is that's, a, that's what exactly was. what happened. Yeah. And I that's I failed, exactly I, I failed the first time, but that's
1: okay. Yes. And I came back around and I redid it. <laughs> well, I also failed to tell you what all the pieces were that you needed in order to do the job. I think an important part of learning is that you need to make sure that you leave many of the pieces out so that you can get your, your brain kind of churning. And you get the urge to want to figure it out. It, it, it doesn't help if the only thing you're going to do is say, "Hey, here, say here, reproduce this. Here's everything you need to reproduce it." That's not learning. Yeah,
0: yeah. And then everybody learns different. But I think that is one common thing. No matter if you're a visual learner, a hands-on learner, audio learner, like you can't give every you can't give a person every single thing. Because yeah, that's the, right. The way I look at it is like people have to be in the right place to be able to learn something. And to Yeah, that's like, true too. Yeah. You know, because
1: to. uh I mean, you know, not to kind of skew off and go into education cuz that's where I, I know you are. Um you know, I think a lot of our brown skin learners kind of get cheated because uh time has not been taken to kind of figure out and understand just exactly how it is they learn so that they right. can have the best chance to do well.
0: Right. And that, that goes outside of just like your style of learning. Like what learn what works best for you? Like it, not yeah. even just kids, people in general. Um, yeah. I've, I've had to take my, I guess you could say education background and apply that to the people that I actually take the time to mentor myself. Like I don't take on everybody as a mentee. Like I think I've only <laughs> had two or three and I, you still need to meet her. Her name is Chris. She's been on the podcast. She's amazing. Hi, Chris. Like, yeah, she literally shoots <laughs> She shoots just like me. Well, so technically like you two. And like she shoots Sony. Yeah, so she's like your granddaughter, I guess
1: you could say. Oh, God, that's going to be a long line of me's. Oh, God, I don't know what to think about that.
0: <laughs> yeah, but it's all good because she she has her own style. She's got her own wave. Like, she does her own thing. She's more so into, like, shooting artists, like music artists and things like that. So I love all of her work and things that she's done and she's learned and... Goes off and does her own thing. I don't even tell her anything anymore. Like I, she's her own person and stands alone with her own style.
1: I I think um I, I, you know what that kind of runs into you know the question of why I even chose you as a mentee in the first place. I don't think you really understood when we first met that I was inspired by you. It- As much as you would like to say that you were inspired by me, the reason why this relationship exists is because I was inspired by you. I saw what you were doing initially, and I was like, oh, this dude is dope. And at the time, you just had a natural eye for how things were supposed to work. And I loved your compositions. And that's what kind of made me go, oh, but you know what? He's one of those people that if he had the other stuff, oh, he would be crazy. I appreciate that. And and no, no, I mean, that's, that's, that's legit what happened. I was just looking through and I was like, hmm, okay. I see where he was trying to go with this. I already could see that in your head you knew what it should look like. And in fact, uh, that separates us from people that just take pictures. Mm -hmm. A, 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 A very large difference between us as photographers and people that just take pictures is that we should, in our heads, have an idea of what the outcome should be. And then we use the tools we have to create that. Whereas people that just take pictures, they just pop, 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 pop. Oh, we got a good one right here. It's just FYI. I'm not trying to hate. I just don't like photographers that call themselves photographers. And they do that shit. They shoot a thousand frames. Spray
0: and shoot. Spray and shoot.
1: Spray and shoot. <laughs> yeah, that's what they call it now. Spray and shoot. And, to, and, 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 and so they hope that they hit something. But they creatively they have no idea what it is the outcome is supposed to be.
0: Yeah. And I think we all start, well, I won't say all, I know me. I started doing that. Um, I started doing, like I was taking literally like three, four hundred pictures on a 30 minute Uh shoot. And then like it started dwindling (laughs) down. And I started thinking to myself, I'm like, these are all the same shot. And it's like, like, (laughs) why, why are we doing this for literally a minor change, the same post here? And it, like, mm-hmm. th- there's no difference. So now where I'm at now, I might take a hundred pictures and it's, it's intentional hundred pictures. It's like, it might be mm-hmm. a couple for my test lighting, a couple for like, I, I, I see poses. the way I do it. I see poses and I try to get the shot the way I want it to be seen, seen by my audience. And then I move on or I come oh, up with an right. idea and I move on. So from that, down- ask me how many on
1: average, ask me how many shots on average I usually, uh, shoot within that within that same time period. I'm going to surprise the hell out of you.
0: I feel like we're about the same, like around like 100, 200 pictures for like a creative project.
1: For a creative project?
0: Yeah, we're, no, we're talking creative project. about 30. Okay. Okay.
1: Now, look, <laughs> look,
0: I'm going to say one thing, though. On a good day when I'm popping and I'm hot and I'm shooting hot, I can do that, too. I can yes. definitely do that.
1: Right. Now, keep in mind it depends on the kind of shooting that i'm doing yeah that's okay. why i say it a creative
0: project because i i, right. get, I get what so saying. if
1: it's if it's natively active there are going to be many more frames yeah they they can there can easily be 100 200 300 frames mm-hmm. easily but that's because i am specifically uh, uh the shooting burst on purpose um, my uh, uh, my my focus is changing all the time and I'm shooting in lighting conditions that tend to not change a whole lot under those circumstances I'll get a lot of frames because it's Action oriented,
0: yeah. Like you're not gonna be at a wedding shooting 30 frames. If you can get a whole wedding in 30 frames, I don't know who you are. No,
1: no, no. (laughs) You know, but also, you know, make sure that you, you know, let the public know. I just don't do weddings anyway. (laughs)
0: That's a whole nother
1: conversation. Yeah, that's a whole nother conversation. conversation. You know, uh, I gotta, I gotta have my piece, man. I can't. If I'm shooting a portrait, in my head, I know what the outcome is supposed to be i might use like a clamshell setup or a a one light setup you know um maybe a a a flag on one side um something reflecting or diffusing light on the other side i know in my head what it's supposed to look like so once i get that i stop exactly because it's easy it's easy to keep going after you've already really completed the work and i early in my career i used to do that a lot like i already know i got the shot and i'm like yeah uh huh you know which is burning up time but uh once it became work the thing that i did to pay bills you know i couldn't do that anymore you you be, you, you become more and more efficient uh with your time yeah. so you'll you'll tell a person okay this shoot might last an hour, but I've had shoots finish in 25 minutes because the model was ready, they were confident, and they knew what they were doing. It made my job extraordinarily easy. I'm like, oh, they were like, we're done? I was like, yeah, we're done. Let's look at it on a big screen. Um, Because here's the other thing, too, and this also depends on whether or not you might be shooting tethered or not. You might be shooting on location or not but um it's really hard to know whether or not you've got that shot until after you see it on the big screen right um so like i don't you know i don't try to fool myself either into believing that everything's good and that i got the shot just because i got one shot that i really like when I say I got the shot, what I really mean is I have a concurrent, uh, consistent bunch of shots that absolutely meet the goal.
0: Right. So like for the people listening, if you could explain what it feels like and, or looks like to you to get the shot, because I get where you, I get where you're going with it. And like, I just want you to, like, I guess, explain a little bit more on that. Like, what is it to get the shot? Like, what does that look and feel like for you as the photographer?
1: Mm, um. Well, well, first, you you have to have a goal. <laughs> That's step one. Yeah. Yeah, step, <laughs> step one, there has to be um, an end goal. There has to be, um, I know early in my career, I used to literally storyboard. I would draw it out on my tablet or a piece of paper or something like i i did that um because i was adamant about really wanting to know what it is that i wanted i didn't want to be like many other photographers that were around me at the time they just shot for the sake of shooting and and then they'd be like and it used to be like such a, a great thing. Oh man, I was, you know, editing these pictures all night long. And they'd be like, um, like like that's some kind of badge to wear. I don't want to be spending two and a half hours sorting through images and trying to figure out which one is good. And the end product also was you giving the client like 50 images or all of the images Mm-mm. I'm like Mm-mm. nope nope
0: what what is that that needs to die like yeah that needs soon. to yeah that needs to die for soon. real yeah
1: what that looks like for me is not a badge of honor um it's 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 a waste of time and it's a lack of skill produce something that you thought about in your head. You don't always get, you know, you don't always get completely there, but have some damn idea. Don't go out with a model like last night, you know, I told you last night I was going to go out in the 30 degree weather, <laughs> you know, if a model was available, just to experiment with this thing that we were just talking about. Mm-hmm. Okay. There's an end goal. There are there were specific challenges that I explained to you that we face that I have to overcome. That's the difference. I was saying to myself, and and this is before. I, and, and in fact, I'm not just saying to someone, "Oh, let's just go out and do this night shoot thing, blah blah blah, and hope for the best and put up some nice pictures that just happen to come out great." What did I say I was going to do? Go out and experiment and see if I can figure out if it is possible to even do.
0: Right. And those, I'm just going to stop you right there. That statement sounds very similar to people. What you said that you did, you were going out, you didn't necessarily have a plan, but you were going out to experiment is different, even though it sounds the same from just saying, Oh yeah, let's go out and shoot. Uh, I don't know. Let's, let's just go out and shoot. No, no, the, no, the that's not to, no, that, right. no. That's not to same. Right. The end goal is different, but to somebody that doesn't know any better, it may sound the same because I do that too. Like I'll say, Hey, I need you to come over here. I have this idea. I got to get out of my head. Um, we're experimenting. I, I haven't done it before. This yeah, is something." Different. I have no
1: expectation that any good images will come out of that thing at all when I say that hopefully they do I say hopefully they do (laughs) no no hopefully they do I agree with you absolutely hopefully they do but the honest truth is is I'm trying to solve a problem
0: yep and you get something from that in the end too so a good model even when you're experimenting or learning and growing as a photographer a good model will learn and grow along with you because they're now being exposed to something that they've never done before too
1: Mhm. Yep. And they they know how to deal with that situation. Like I know when this guy is shooting with these really slow shutter speeds, I need to be really still. I know exactly what that really means because when you tell a lot of models like, you know, I need you to be still, they really they don't know what that means at all. At all. <laughs> they have they have no clue what that really means.
0: Yeah, and I think that's what separates somebody that is a model compared to somebody that is, like, calls themselves a model. Same thing on the photography side. Difference yeah. between a person with a camera and a photographer. It's different, between, yeah. it's different between a model and somebody that looks pretty and knows how to stand in front of the camera. So mm-hmm. totally different things.
1: Yeah, you know, I get tired of photographers saying, you know, if you shoot people, like, there's a hard rule. If you shoot people, you shoot them at, you know, 125th, and, you know, and, and that's it. You know, don't go any lower than that. Um, well, I got news for you. Have you put yourself in a situation where shooting at 125th isn't possible? I was just about to say that. Yep. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> How many times have you put yourself on purpose in a situation where, damn, 125th don't work? <laughs> i need more light give me some more i need more yeah i need more light you know and then on on top of that on top of that you don't have more light so you're stuck with having to boost iso to compensate and you're dealing with noise and
0: i think that statement right there is gonna make a lot of photographers uncomfortable because nope nobody wants to deal with noise nobody wants to break out the realm of their their formula for their shots but sometimes when you run, like you said when you're faced with that and you have no other choice that's when you grow that's when you learn because now you really see what's possible with your photography
1: from 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 my perspective you know just to close out that that point you have to know in your head at least to some small degree what the outcome is
0: supposed to be. Yep. And then just to add to that, the better you get as a photographer, the more experience you have, the more shots under your belt, not talking about spraying shooting, but like more shots that you've actually done under your belt, the faster you can get to that point. And if you don't master the basics, like the fundamentals, then you're never going to get to that point. Because if you have an image in your head, I want to do where the back, where my subject is light and the background is dark but she has on a black dress. <laughs> and then we take the picture and you're like, this is going to be dope in my head. And you look at the picture and you're like, this is not
1: it. Yeah, this is not it.
0: And then you're stuck yeah. because it's like, did you like, do you know what you're doing? And then you have the oh shit moment. Like, damn, like, I don't know how to fix this.
1: Dude, you know? I've created so much shit in my life. You know, uh, I think, In fact, if I look over the course of the the years I've been shooting, I absolutely have more images that I've shot that are shit than ones that are totally magnificent. The surprise for me is the ones that I put like incredible amounts of time into and I think are the most fascinating that I've ever created people don't like. And the ones that I've shot that almost no thought went into, people love.
0: And I, I think I might have an idea on that. It's because okay. you're at the point where you can shoot intuitively. You don't have to think yeah. about what your camera's going to do. You can make your camera. This is like driving a car. You don't got to think about yeah. what the brake the gas does. Then when we get into the point where we have this amazing idea, we get so excited, we get so caught up into it, that intuitiveness gets kind of pushed to the side and our logical brain takes over. And then the logical brain is for some reason, for me, this is how my brain works. The logical brain isn't always connected to the creative brain, so then there's this disconnect. So what we see, yeah. So what we see as being like, this is gonna be dope. This is gonna be amazing. I nailed my lighting. I nailed my compositions. I feathered my light. My light was soft. The light fall off. The inverse square law. Blah 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 blah. Yeah 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, We know all this stuff. That's great. But we left the intuitiveness behind that is connected with our creative self. And I feel like that's where we lose ourselves with that.
1: What you yeah, you know, I, I guess that does make sense. You know, you kind of get you and, and you know what? You might be right. It's easy to get lost in that. Yep. It, it is very easy to get lost in that. You know, um, getting lost in that sometimes has uh, had me out in the snowy mountains of West Virginia for no reason at all.
0: Yeah. And then you look back and you're like, yeah, OK, I know all these technical things. I know all of these formulas. I know I know how light works, but mm-hmm. it's good to know it. But then when you start thinking about it too much, it blocks your creativity because you're not yeah. you're no longer in doing it from your heart. You're not doing it intuitively like like you and me. I feel like me, too, sometimes where I'm at the point where I don't have to think about what my camera is going to do to make it do what I want it to do.
1: Yeah, I don't yeah, have to, absolutely. you know what I'm
0: saying? Like my composition, like composition, I feel like that's my strongest asset. Like, I don't have to think about it. Like I just, it, it just, it boom, it happens, it comes. you know? Mm-hmm. But then when you do start thinking about it, because you do know all of these technical skills, and, and I feel like this is a, a problem that comes for full circle later on, after you have got the fundamentals, because you know, all of these things that are in your head and they're moving so much that it gets in your way. It blocks your thoughts.
1: Oh, absolutely. Um, In fact, um, you stop feeling creative altogether. You know, uh, one of the things that has been challenging me a lot lately, you know, and the reason why you see me now shooting a lot of woodland stuff now is because I got to the point where I was just shooting people so much that I was like, damn, I don't get an opportunity to do anything creative anymore. I don't just let my mind just go out there and be free and ask what if. I mean, even with people, I mean, because I could do that with people too, but it's so much easier to do when you're in like a nice natural state and you're looking for a subject that is not immediately there the subject didn't come with you and brought clothes and eyelashes Mm the 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 subject is already there in nature and you're asking a different question how do you tease the subject out how do you pull it out how do you make it different how do you how do you separate that thing that you're interested in from all of the other confusion and you know, uh, how do you disassociate your subject from everything else? It's, um, I had to get back to that. You know, it's funny that, um, you brought that up because like, that's where I am right now. Like I'm good with, uh, producing this specific thing. Like you want a head shine with a medium gray, gotcha. Uh, you want a portrait with milky bokeh. Gotcha. You know, you, uh, you want this nice group shot, but you know, I got to make sure that I'm shooting at an aperture where dude that's slightly in the back behind everybody else's face isn't blurred. Fuck out. Gotcha. Yeah, you're talking that talk now. I like that. <laughs> yeah. But once you get to a point where all of those things are just the norm, your ability to stay creative kind of begins to get stunted.
0: I like how Um, you said that how it how it becomes a norm. And it's like it puts you outside of the general group of people that are just they're not putting in that effort to learn these things. And then it's like it's almost like being the smartest person in the room. Not saying like, you know, like you should never want to be the smartest person in the room. Yeah, yeah. But when you are like the room of photography, right? where you're looking at photographers and everybody's doing the same thing. Everybody's like they reach the same like skill level and then that's it. Like the same style level and that's it. And then you're yeah. sitting here trying to reach and grow and change and break out of that norm. That's where you get bored with what everybody's doing because you're like, okay, I, I can do that. Like I can do headshots. I can do blurry background. I can do nighttime pictures daytime pictures midday overhead something overhead right yeah you
1: know right yeah so all of it you've been there done that and you do it intuitively
0: exactly and then you you sit and wonder you're like, so what's next and that's the biggest question I ask myself as a photographer it's like what's next
1: and then, well I told you last week um when you text me, um, and I, I hope you don't mind me, you know, oh, uh, go ahead. It's all talking about it, but, um, you know, I think I said to you, the things you're, you the things you're shooting, they're dope, but they all, there's there's you're starting to turn out the same shit. Yeah. I could look at one of your images and know it's you that shot it, which is dope. That's, that's, that's an incredible thing. I see that smoke. That's Josh. (laughs) Okay. Um, But after a while, you just, even though each image that you produce is different, they all fall into that same bowl, that same category. You know, you, you began to kind of just turn out the same thing. And uh, you asked me uh, uh, what you should do. And I said, that question is, is easy. Shoot something else, somebody else, something else. Uh, You showed me the, the, the images of your granddad. Oh my God, they were fucking phenomenal because I saw the story. I could see the life. I could imagine it. I could reach in and touch it and feel it. And that's what you want. And the images that you produce, you want people to be affected by what it is that you shoot emotionally, not necessarily good all the time. They could hate it. A lot of people hated the Mona Lisa. A lot of people still do hate the Mona Lisa. But what people don't know is that there's like 50, 60, 70 copies of uh, Mona Lisa. In fact, um, there were like little stencils that <laughs> do made so that the students could reproduce the Mona Lisa too.
0: Oh, that's crazy! I never even knew that. Yeah, That's crazy. And I've actually seen the Mona Lisa in person. Mm-hmm. I was just like, yeah, I too. Yeah,
1: this and, is cool. And the, and the thing is, is look, you know that the the thing that got me is that um, uh, when I saw it, the first thing that came out for of me, you know, me being like the little meticulous person that I am, because I'm a photographer, I'm like. She ain't got no eyebrows, man. Hey, but what if, what if in real life she didn't have eyebrows though? No, she had <laughs> eyebrows. But the, the thing is, is that over time, you know, because the, the, the painting was so delicate over time, you know, they were already light. They just faded away. Fade. Yeah. yeah. You know, you know, over time. But there were other paintings that existed and stencils that exist existed that were created that showed that she clearly had you know eyebrows um and that possibly it was an, another woman uh who had posed uh uh for for the painting i never did that. <laughs> the thing is is that my ability to stay creative hinges on me always wanting to do something different i have to keep telling myself that i need to do something different like if it, it's going to get extreme at one point uh, at some point because i'm going to go back to 1994 and i'm going to start shooting leaves that fall out the trees again remember when you first started you used to find every every photographer in the whole entire world on the planet has shot a leaf, a squirrel, and a manhole.
0: <laughs> That's so crazy! I literally have all those pictures in my in my phone right now. Like my first picture was some leaves, and I was like, "Wow, there's water dripping off the leaf." Just get them; they're gonna yes. love this. So I was like, "Let me get in here and and, get, and catch the dude. I'm gonna catch it right as it falls." And that was that was my crowning moment. And I and I knew uh-huh. nothing about how to work my camera at all. So yeah, you know. I don't know if I told you, but my first camera was not actually the A seven My very first mm-hmm. camera was the A five thousand, and I oh had, the five
1: thousand. But the, yeah. the five thousand was such for its time. The five thousand was beautiful, right? It right. was unique. It was, it was, it was better than the entry level. Um, that the I think back then when the five thousand came out, the the T one. Mm-hmm. was the entry-level camera that everybody was trying to get. Right. With the 18 to 55 kit lens. Yeah.
0: The, the, the 5,000 even the, had no kit lens. That was just that's straight, right. like internal lens. And like I said, uh-huh. I, knew, I knew nothing about photography. And it actually goes back to what I had said earlier. Like there's a time you have to be in the right time to learn. So at that point, I didn't know anything about aperture exposure. Like I saw these little numbers and stuff that were moving. So I was like, hmm, if I do this, this changes. If I do this, this changes. But I'm just like, you know what? I'll I'll try to learn it later. Later came. And now looking back, it's just like I always had that eye for composition, ideas for photography, because it's, it's all part of who I am as an artist. And then now it's like it's like it still has been a progression, even though that wasn't like my true origin story. My true origin story came later but that was yeah. part of creating my origin story as a photographer. Uh,
1: look, my, my origin story is weird as fuck, man. I, like I was drawing pigeons that I saw on my balcony, like, you know, and somehow that turned into me wanting to take pictures of pigeons on the ground. Wow. That's that's my my origin story. My origin story is actually drawing. I used to draw really, really well when I was young. Um, I don't know, by the time I got to, well, I know what happened because by the time I was like 17, 18, music kicked in. Mm. I wanted to make music and, and, and drawing wasn't cool anymore. So, you know, I, I started doing music and then uh, gigging was not like just not it, um, you know, coming home at two thirty, three three o'clock in the morning or four o'clock in the morning sometime, you know, only making $50 or $70, you know, um, and I don't know, I, I struggled to like get a record deal and never happened. I think a part of it though, was that, you know, because I was self-taught I never. I don't think I was ever really good enough to be able to just produce the kind of music that you know people could really listen to. That was like radio, you know, ready. Uh, so when photography came, uh, man, photography was like like this from day one. You know, I mean, it was we were tight day one. Uh, um, I had a, um, it was a Canon g2 film camera that was given to me i think it was, it was like a standard issue military camera that they use like the soldiers use when they went out in the field to shoot people getting blown up and shit and this guy passed away and he gave it to me and it was a collector's item but i was like fuck that i'm gonna shoot with it <laughs> and i still have that camera to this day too oh, you know nice. by the way
0: nice that's what's up it's funny because um, speaking of giving things, I don't know if you remember. You remember you gave me my very first light, right?
1: I did. You don't remember that? Oh, oh my God! You yeah. remember that shit? Of course, wow, I, do. I, still I have forgot. It. I still. That's have it. right. The the vision, the vision four, vision, vision three,
0: division four. four.
1: I drove. Oh! I dro- yep.
0: I drove up to DC. Well, actually, I drove. That's up right. Up. And oh, then I man. Drove, yeah. Then I drove to DC, and I was man. like, "You were what was." I got to think now. Now I can't really think. Oh, you were saying like the next step was for me to get into strobe because I think I had like LED panels and stuff like that. Yeah, that's right. Back when I was doing video stuff, but that's a different life. Um, But then you were like, you were like, yeah, you need a strobe. And I was like, what? And you were like, I'm going to give you your first strobe. And I'm like, you're going to give me one. You're going you're gonna to give me yep, one. That's and right. then I drove up there, man. Look, I, I use that thing every day. It still works actually works. It yeah. but it's just like that. That was so another,
1: cool. I got at least two more visions sitting somewhere here around the house that are just sitting collecting dust. Hey, but let I, me tell you, that's how that's how uh, rugged and reliable those daggone Vision fours are.
0: And, and I definitely agree with that. Look, I've dropped that thing so many times; it still mm-hmm. works. I've dropped my Godox lights. I I've been through. About three, four Godox lights, maybe six, yeah. seven bulbs. The bold break. But then that, look, I, I kid you not, that thing fell without the reflector dish on it or anything. Just fine. Yeah. It's okay. Yeah. It's just cool. fine. It's fine. Cool. fine. Yeah. I've had it out. Yeah. It's I've had it out in the rain. Just fine. Yeah. It's okay. Yeah. But that, you know, hey, maybe down the line, I'll have to start back using it. Again. Well, you know what? One day I'm going to do It's going to be a contribution shoot to you. I'm going to take it out and I'm going to use it just for you. I'm like, this one is for Sam.
1: Well, here's the other thing, too, because um, I hated TTL for the longest time, um, and I always shot manual anyway, so it didn't matter to me. Um, the 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 limitation for me with the Vision 4 was that the flashes were, I, I had to move away from that because the flashes were not consistent over I time.
0: I remember, for sure, but it, it got me started. It got yeah. me out creating. It got me learning more about flash and lighting and how it changes and how it moves and how to mold it and how to shape it, how to chase it. So yeah, I, I still appreciate that. And I always tell people that too. It doesn't matter what gear you start with with your lights and stuff. Like people Absolutely. think people want to go out and get pro photo. I don't even have a pro photo. I, I don't plan to get one to be completely honest it's, with
1: you. but let, let me tell you. I, I It's I think the one that I want is 3K, the B. The B2? The, the B2. Yeah.
0: Um,
1: is 3500 Yeah, I think it's 3500
0: Somewhere around there because you got the B2, the D, something.
1: Something, yeah. No, no, I just want the B2. Yeah, the set. The, there's a, it's, a, it's a set. It's a B2 set. So it's two of them. Um, I think it's either 35 or 4K. And mm, here's why. I would use them differently. They work out. They work wonderfully. They're outstanding as strobes, but they're also great standing always on led lights. So if you want to turn them back toward a wall and make the whole damn wall red, you can.
0: I agree on that. And one thing I can say, you get what you pay for.
1: Little yeah person. oh yeah and you get what you pay for yeah I know um oh what's his name Sony Shooter he he like lives he he stands by him like uh uh uh, uh
0: white guy black guy Spanish guy which one?
1: Uh, uh, Cortez uh
0: um shucks I know who you're talking about but I can't see uh, his, his name his real name in my head
1: yeah um I can't think of his name right now he swears by him you know but the thing is is that you know uh he can afford them, you know. Uh, and his first ones he got were probably just given to him, you know, out of the deck on sponsorship.
0: Yep. And that's not talked about a lot, enough either. Like a lot of these people, people look up to, and all these public figures, they they get a lot of sus by sponsorships, and sometimes they got to give it back too. So,
1: oh no, no, the majority of the time yeah. they have to give it back. The right. majority of the time, you see people uh, shooting. Like there's a video that. I just saw recently um, a guy shooting uh, with the five, the the Sony uh, A five, mm-hmm. and like he revealed, hey, listen, um, I can only keep this thing for thirty days. After thirty days, after this review is over, whatever, blah blah blah, I have to send it back. If I don't send it back, they charge me for
0: it. And I respect that transparency because a lot of them don't have that transparency. Nope. And then mm-hmm. just like you'll look and you'll be like, "Hmm, I thought you had all the Sony cameras. Why is your shelf so empty?" Oh, I'm, I'm using right. it on the shoot. I'm using the camera right now. Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. But you know, but like- no, we gotta we gotta pay for our all ours, man. And you know, I cry a little. I cry inside a little bit because uh, my my G Master um, seventy to two hundred. That was like three thousand dollars. No. Twenty nine hundred. I don't remember. Almost three thousand dollars for that damn lens. Uh, my eighty five one point eight. Almost three three thousand dollars for that. No, 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 no. Twenty five hundred dollars for that damn lens. Mm-hmm. The 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 sixteen to thirty five. Two thousand dollars. The seventy. Uh, I, I'm. Uh, I got a, a twenty four to seventy. Like they're all in the thousands of dollars, not in the hundreds of dollars. People get mad at me when I tell them, you know, before I even like press the shutter, I'm sorry, it's going to cost you like $300 just for me to come out. Even then, you know, it's going to cost you between $30 to $50 per image that you want. Don't get mad. That's, that's that's what it's going to cost. I think uh, I, I I really started trying to save money a little bit. The uh, the Godox um, eighty four hundred Pro.
0: Yeah, that's what I use. I, that's what I'm using today, actually.
1: So this baby right here, the the eighty four hundred Pro, um, is the daggone workhorse. It's it's a workhorse, yeah. and having having two of these i'd rather have i'd rather have 4 or 5 of these honestly than you know spending uh $3000 on on stroke because they're consistent um they work extraordinarily well i i i, I love these on lights yeah. i love them
0: yeah and then just to tie that back in it's, i think we're on the same page where we say like you know we we enjoy the bells and whistles of the pro photo. We enjoy the bells and whistles of the the A five and like yeah we want yeah. them. But like you were saying, it doesn't mean anything if you don't know how to use them. It's like it's like yeah. I like I had a friend. He said he was at a football game right, and this mm-hmm. girl in the crowd, she had an A one, mm-hmm. a high schooler had an A one, and then he looked at her. He was like. Oh, you're a photographer, and then she just, blatant, she just no, like, no, she know, just said, got
1: parents with money. Yeah, she said,
0: "Oh yeah, my grandma got me a camera for Christmas because I wanted a camera, and they said this was the best one." <laughs> you know, half of, yes. half of me wants to be like, "Did you try to like knock her out and take it?" I'm I'm kidding, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we we've been rocking and rolling, and we've definitely been hitting. But it's um, two more topics that I definitely wanted to touch on um, okay. because like this whole. This whole podcast, the the reason that we are here talking today is because when we had that question, that conversation where I was going through it, um, being in a creative rut, like not necessarily having that motivation. I'm not going to say the photographer as an artist, because like photography, I can do photography like we talked about, but as an artist, like not having that motivation to. Continue to not saying continue, but like being stuck in a rut of going out and creating and being creative. Uh, Yeah, it's like
1: every every artist has a little a moment where they get a block. You know, there's writer's block or painters will spend fifteen minutes looking at a blank canvas and can't figure out whether or not to draw a circle or a square or a straight line. Right. You know, uh, a a a singer might be trying to write words for a song, can't figure it out. You know, I've literally stood outside in the middle of downtown with the power on, (laughs) the camera in my hand, holding it up, and can't seem to figure out what it is I want to point the damn thing at. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, we we all uh, run into that. There's no one right answer to that question, there really isn't. There are times where you're required to push through because it's your job. Yep. And you absolutely have to do what you gotta do. You you make it pop, you make it work, you you, you just do it. So that's the, that's that's one one thing. The other is is that um, you have to remove yourself from where you are, your surroundings, and the people you're you're around, you know, like me, I I put on my boots and I go hiking, I go out into the woods. And um, I just start soaking that in the difficulty of finding a small pop of color. And a bunch of brown and green helps me find myself again.
0: But I, I just feel like we can both agree that after talking to you and us talking about it right now, like the way to break out of those creative ruts, even expanding upon that, the way to continue to grow after we're talking, after we've learned the basics, we're talking after we know like photography mm-hmm. is to just get out and do something different. Like, get out there, yeah. and not necessarily challenge yourself, but create intuitively, like we talked about, without the pressures of, oh, people are going to think this, or I got to appease my audience for this, or yeah. I have to keep oh, up absolutely with for this. And like, absolutely. And like, just getting out there and like, just shooting and creating something for you. And that's mm-hmm. a, that's a big thing that people miss. Like, are you creating, that's a question you have to ask yourself. Are you creating for you, or are you creating for your audience? And then when
1: you start... So I spend so much time creating for other people because they pay me for it.
0: Right, right. And then that's that fine, I like, stopped. on the clients. Yeah, that, that's fine, yeah. like, for the clients, but Let's just say like not even taking social media but like the people that are watching you, the people that they're not yeah. necessarily trying to book you, the people that are trying to like Oh
1: no, I can't even shoot I can't even shoot for them because they they make zero contribution to my ability to do my craft. Right. So so this is my thing about social media. I mean, as you know, I kind of had to just I had to let social media go for a minute. Because when I first started on social media, I had built up a social media empire I had just on Instagram alone, I probably had 17 18,000 followers. Mm -hmm. And I was rocking and rolling. And things began to pivot toward the end toward the end of 2007 2008 um, we started seeing changes in the algorithm we started seeing Microsoft uh, not Microsoft uh, Facebook uh, trying to monetize um what it was that they were doing because they were offering all of this uh to you free but free is not free you know basically in exchange for them giving you this uh free app that you can share your work on they are using that they are taking that metadata and selling it to companies so that they can advertise products to you you know that's how facebook worked the core photographers the ones that relied on social media for their livelihood began to feel like um uh, facebook and instagram was uh kicking us under the rug kicking us to the curb. We we went from everyone in your timeline being able to see all of your stuff. And keep in mind, back then I had 17,000 followers. I have images that got a thousand likes, not five likes, a thousand. And uh, after a while, it went from a thousand to 600 to 400 to 250, to 50, to 30, like, and that's like the highest now. It got so bad uh toward 2010, 2015, people started buying. You could buy likes. Oh, yeah.
0: And that's the biggest thing that people think they're getting away with now. But you you can tell, man, like you can go on somebody's page. You have 10,000 followers. You get no engagement. Nobody's yeah. commenting. Nobody's doing anything. That's, yeah. and you're oh, trying absolutely. to do this, and if you're trying to do this as a business, that loses, oh, tr- that loses trust with potential clients of anybody that might think that they want to work with you. So they're, absolutely. Like, oh. they're like, oh, well, he bought these, he bought this page. Is he really who he says he is? Is he really as good as he says he is?
1: Exactly. And, and then exactly. you're absolutely, you're yeah. absolutely right.
0: And then I feel um, like all of that also tied into, like, a photographer's ego. So, like, that's a hit directly to your ego, where you're seeing your numbers dwindle, you're seeing all this stuff, and you feel like you have... Some people feel like they have... I've never felt like that. I don't care. You know, I'm a post. I still get bookings. It doesn't matter. But some people right. feel like they have to resort to these things. They have to follow like a little rabbit with a carrot dangling. Oh, on Instagram. yeah, I see, what you're, I you see what, what you're saying. I see what you're saying? To keep yeah. up and be relevant. But as long as you're focusing on your craft and you're being relevant within yourself... Like that's going back to the uh, statement I was saying before. Like, you know, as long as you're creating for you, it doesn't matter about all this stuff, social media and all that right. stuff. And you're focusing. That's on absolutely that. correct. Yeah, you're focusing on your business. You're focusing on networking, marketing skills. Instagram could go down, and you're still going to be good. But the people that don't focus on that, they're going to crash and burn.
1: Right, and in fact, that was the only reason why I stayed alive, and many other photographers didn't. Because the only thing that they had to rely on was Facebook and Instagram. Yep. And they did, they did crash and burn. Um, uh, I, I saw a lot of photographers quickly transition over to YouTube um, and they did pretty well. But that that's like the 1%. The, the rest of them crashed. And like you said, they crashed and burned. Um, me, I, I switched over to doing corporate photography, you know, the the kind of, the kind of stuff that I shot changed, you know, I started shooting uh, for corporations and doing events and working with hotels and, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, because for me, like I didn't have any choice. I don't, I don't do anything else. Like I'm a photographer. You know, before um, I was a photographer. I was in IT and in information technology for a decade, and going back to that was like not going to happen. Me and academia didn't work out all that great when we did when we were together.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, look, I'm one step behind you, and you already know why. I don't want to say too much because yes. we all know who's mm-hmm. listening right now.
1: <laughs> right, <laughs> you know. Uh, yeah, that's that that that's a whole that's that's a whole podcast that you gotta save that for that that deserves its own damn podcast. We can, it really we can, does.
0: We can definitely come up with a pod two. I mean not a pod two, a part two. A pod two. Yeah, <laughs> a part two. Cause you know, we're we coming up on like a good hour and thirty minutes. So I yeah, don't want definitely. this to run on too long. So I, I got one final question that I want to you to give your advice on, and then mm-hmm. we'll probably wrap this thing up. So on in your opinion right with a photographer do you feel that a photographer is more ambitious when they know less like in the beginning or do you feel like a photographer is more ambitious when they start to learn more and they want to learn more on top of what they've learned already
1: okay it's two answers the first is there is a there's a tether between ambition and eating not being able to eat will make you ambitious i have a problem with photographers that shoot part-time that you know go to the studio occasionally and shoot and call themselves photographers you know or you know there's nothing wrong with being a hobbyist a photographer hobbyist um i'm talking about photographers that call themselves professional photographers and uh they shoot part-time they just happen they might be retired now they just happen to have enough money to get some nice equipment and they can afford a little studio space and they've never had and this doesn't have to apply to everybody you know but this applies to a lot of us true photographers that have had to make the real choice between a lens and food. Not eating will make you ambitious. Not being able to eat will make you ambitious. Not eating will make you better. It will cause you to do things and think in ways that you did not before in order to grow your passion you see it in music and artists. I was uh, watching a little rap show on, uh, on Netflix that Cardi B and uh, uh, what's his name did, where they had these kids come in from New York and California, you know, all over the United States. Oh,
0: man, it's escaping my mind right now. Uh, I was so, you know, my mind was all caught in what you were saying. I can't even think right now. Uh, yeah. Shucks. I don't know. Yeah, but I you know think. what, you know what
1: <laughs> I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. And, um, this one little Dominican dude rap his ass off. he just straight up said um there is no plan B. for everybody in this room he said, there's no plan B. go you must go in and shoot your shot and make it happen and do your thing and be sincere to you and that truly, that that made them what it is that they were. Uh, I I am a photographer because I made myself one. I became it. Physically and mentally and spiritually, it is how I live. It is how I eat. It is who I am. It's where I find peace. Don't get me wrong. There are people that enjoy photography and they don't have to go through the struggle of many other photographers. But because they never went through the struggle, they don't have the same, they don't have the same passion to, to make something that uh, causes your audience to be moved emotionally by the by the thing that you create. So that's one answer. The other thing that the the other answer is motivation has nothing to do with it. There are many people who who take pictures because that's just what they like, and that's okay. And in their minds, they want to be a photographer. It's just what makes them happy, and it and it makes them happy to call themselves a photographer. That's all right. You know, they have no wish to ever enter a competition. It's like trying to get some dude that says that he's a rapper that has never been in a battle rap to go battle rap against somebody else and prove your worth. You know, kind of like Eminem's story. Right. They, they told him <laughs> his whole career. You ain't no rapper, you white boy. He went out there and he cut his teeth on the battleground. That's what, that's what made him, him today. And people get mad when other industry leaders call him the best, call him the goat. People get mad because he's white. He don't care. Uh, You know, in one of his songs, uh, uh, he wrote with uh not kendrick some other little boy um he said i'll bite my ass with six mil can't t- can't tell me nothing so yeah the, yeah the other answer is is that um motiv- motivation doesn't really have a lot to do with it for for many people that they're, they're not motivated to become better photographers they just like taking pictures and that's going to have to be what oh that's going to have to be okay for people like me. I care about what's happening to the industry. I get scared when Sony starts doing dumb shit. You know, I I get excited when I hear that they're introducing, you know, AI into cameras. Um I get fearful when uh, I read in f-stoppers that um, the average uh, uh, yearly for photographers has now dropped to 48,000. Being a a photographer or being motivated to be a better photographer um, is complicated. Um, there's, there's so much that, uh, you have to, and so many questions you have to ask yourself once you decide you want to put that title on yourself. There are some people that say that I know they, Oh, I enjoy photography. Let's go out and shoot. I just want to shoot because we, because this is what I enjoy. They go out on the weekends and they shoot, they, they go out on photo walks, you know, because, the, you know, it's their pastime. It's just what they like to do. They'll probably never go anywhere past that point. But then there are people like you who this is something you you live and you breathe. And I see the progression I'm sorry I'm so emotional right now, but I'm just so, you don't know how proud I am of you. Because I see the progression. I see how creative you are. I I feel sometimes, um, like for real, that you have just jumped. There are times I feel you've jumped so far ahead of me. And, and I'm like, wow, he did that. <laughs> there was, was an image that you shot uh, last year. No, no, that was a couple of years ago. Uh, this girl sitting on some steps. Um, and you had the stroke, you know, basically uh, to her 45, but sitting over her head. And it was dope. And I was like, that's great. It's so creative. It's wonderful. And then you topped that one. You went out on the pier and you shot that other young girl out on the pier at the one I told you about. Mm-hmm. And, and I was like, damn, he did it again. And then um, I remember <laughs> you were trying to make a room in your other apartment. <laughs> All you had was like six feet to work with.
0: <laughs> I had a 900 square foot apartment and I was making room with like a, we're going to even say like a seven by seven.
1: Seven by seven foot space.
0: space. I yes. was I was in the windowsill. Like, yes, man. Look, that's where I started. That That's how that's I started with photography. And then like, just to add, not to cut you off, it's just like, like you said, think about where I started. So now I feel comfortable shooting anywhere because like, if I had to make exactly. it work, exactly, if I had to make it work exactly. like that, Then i can make it work when i have the bigger spaces or i have a professional studio or i'm out and about and i have the space to do that stuff
1: exactly and that's the difference between us and people that just take pictures or people that just want to put that tag on them to say that they're photographers I mean, I'm not talking about whether or not you've necessarily been uh, self-taught or you went to school for it or you were in an art program or something like that. You know, um, the calling yourself a photographer to me is like somebody going to one of those army depots and putting on a military uniform and acting like they served. Mm. You know where I'm coming from? Yeah,
0: yeah, no, I feel you.
1: I'm mm-hmm. I can't I I I I can't I can't I can't stand those people because if you were to ask them like a simple question about photography they wouldn't be able to answer it if uh, if you were to ask them i mean not everybody i'm not saying everybody has to know everything they got to know all of the technicals and that kind of thing that's not what i'm referring to but if i if i were to ask them something as simple as what would be the difference between shooting one person Versus shooting three, they well you just point the camera at both and you shoot one and you shoot the other one.
0: <laughs> hey, that's a, that's a start, I guess.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it bothers it 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 bothers me so much because we got we got a bunch of those on Instagram, mm-hmm. and they got a page full of really bad photos.
0: Yeah, and what really sucks. And it's like, it's not even a suck because I respect it to an extent. It's like, you have photographers that, you know, without a shadow of a doubt, you're better technically, creatively, uh-huh. artistically, and they're the ones getting the deals. They're the ones making 70K, k, hundred K and yeah. they're businessmen, they business endeavors. You know what I'm saying? And then taking a step further, I always get, I always question. It's like, you look at celebrities, right? they're hiring these photographers that just so happen to be the kid that was there at the right time. Do you take pictures? Uh, Yeah. Y- yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Terrible pictures. But because they're mm-hmm. a celebrity and like, honestly, they get so many pictures of them taken all the time. They really don't give a shit about that. And then like no. for us, when you are a professional, like for me personally, it burns me up. Cause I'm like, dang, it's like, you can literally bust your ass day in and day out to be in the right rooms and talk to the right people. And you see this mm-hmm. kid that just so happened to pick, pick up a camera. He just picked it up. You know what I'm saying? Or yeah. I just started and they're getting those opportunities or the people that aren't that good that have the business savviness side of it. And they feel like, Oh, well I don't have to get any better. I'm already making a hundred thousand dollars a year. Why, why get better? You know? Yeah. And it, that, that's, a, like that's, said, that's like, you said, that's like you said, that's a photographer compared to a professional photographer compared to going back to the beginning of the podcast, a creator,
1: a creator,
0: right? So and
1: I'm a funny. creator first. I'm a photographer, second. Yep. I agree. You know, uh, don't get me wrong. I love photography more than there aren't many other things that come before it. My woman in that room (laughs) over there and my mother. But Topanga is my side chick.
0: Just, just for context, so y'all know, Topanga is his camera. Just, I just want to put that out there, so y'all know.
1: Topanga <laughs> so is my side chick. She's my ride or die. She she, she supports me. She don't complain. And uh, I tell people all the time, she, she'll she never lie to you. Hmm.
0: She sees you right in front of her.
1: Yep, she only shows you a reflection of what it is you give out yeah i love that but
0: yeah look man we've been we've been talking for like a good minute and i know us, yeah you, yeah yeah you're gonna be cutting a whole lot of this no, out <laughs> no, no no i'm not cutting nothing because this was all gold you've dropped so many gems and like you've helped me as a photographer you've helped me as a person in this podcast itself this episode like you getting emotional. I'm getting emotional. Like I'm getting fired up. Like it is it's building up, you know, firing me at the same time. Ooh. And I'm I'm yeah. just so happy that, you know, I met you. And I'm so happy that we're still in each other's lives. And
1: I oh, really want to absolutely, man. Yeah. And well, I really You gotta remember, you've been there just as much for me as I've been there for you, dude. Yeah. And, and listen, I, mean, I wanna man. let you people know, man. This guy, like there were times where I was down. and He was there for me, too. So, like, just because I was his mentor, it doesn't mean that I didn't learn a thing or two from him, too, because I absolutely did. So don't get it twisted, y'all.
0: Oh, man, I appreciate that. But I really hope that anybody that has listened to this episode, we've, we've gone off course, we've gotten back on course, we've talked about <laughs> our topics, we got off course again, we've gotten emotional, we came back. But that just shows, I hope everybody really listens to me when I say this. This shows the passion that we have. And there's so many people just like us for photography that we have. And it's something that we can share. It's something that bonds us. It's something that makes us closer. And it's a way that we talk and express ourselves on a day-to-day basis. So if you're listening to this episode and that's something that you've been striving for and reaching for, I hope that this gave you some type of insight. Um, We're going to put Sam's information down in the show notes. You all know my information. Oh, yeah. Can I do a
1: plug real quick? Can I throw a plug in there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Okay. Listen, um, when you guys get an open opportunity, uh, visit my site, uh, www.blueboxdm.com or www.blueboxdigitalmedia.com, either one. Um, I do have a, a blog on my site where I, uh, share some tips and tricks and some personal stuff that, you know, I've shot that kind of thing. You will absolutely enjoy it. Um, you know, uh, like he said, he'll throw my Instagram and all that stuff, you know, on the site. But yeah, yeah oh, that's gonna be that's, that's my quick yeah, that's my my quick plug.
0: Okay. I appreciate you guys. No, thank you, thank you, man. But um we're gonna go ahead and wrap this episode up here. Sam, I appreciate you. You're my mentor, my brother, my friend. And I, I just thank really you. am honored. Yeah, I'm really honored, man, to have you on this episode. And
1: No, I'm the one that's honored. Damn it. I'm honored. Okay. Uh, It's going to be me. Don't make me reach through this thing. I
0: just, I got this little platform, this little podcast where I just flap my jaws and be talking, but like, like honestly having your, like, I don't think you understand the person that made me the photographer that I am is on my podcast. Like that means so much to me. Like this is all, this is going to go down as probably like one of my favorite episodes of all time because of that. I don't care if it gets five listens. I don't care if it gets two. I just know that I made it happen and we had this conversation that's going to be able to go out for other people to listen to in the future for however many times they decide to do it. So that's why why I have to thank you.
1: Oh, you're quite welcome. And you know what? Uh, Once once you upload it, send me the link so that I can uh, put the link in my blog so that people that go to my blog can also listen to it there
0: too oh yeah absolutely and that's seo people in case you didn't know it's gonna help your business it's gonna help you grow and get better as a photographer and a business person boom double whammy. yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah man we're gonna go ahead and wrap this episode up here once again thank you for coming on so i hope that you all enjoy the gems that were dropped today and we're gonna call this the end of the episode so everybody have a good evening peace